couple of quick plugs before we start today's show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at Narbos Podcast. If you want to email us, our email address is narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com. Hit us up with your comments on future episodes of Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. And if you want to be on a future episode, let us know as well and we'll try to set something up. You can also uh, follow our show on all of the podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify. So please give us a follow and subscribe on any of those sites, and uh, you will be able to get us pushed to you every single week. The theme music for this show is brought to you by a band called Ew, You're a Girl and Girls Suck. They are a punk band from here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and their Bandcamp page is iagags.bandcamp.com. That's E-Y-A-G-A-G-S dot bandcamp.com. They used to watch Degrassi episodes when they took breaks from recording back in the 90s. Uh, anyways, that's about it for the plugs. Let's get to this week's episode. Mom? Shane told me about his father inviting us those other times. Christine, why didn't you tell me? I was scared. I don't want to meet them. What do they think of me? Oh, who cares what other people think? I do. I can't help it. How come you're telling me now? I thought it might come up at dinner. I thought if you were going to get mad at me, better in here than in there. Don't worry. We'll knock them dead. You and me together. Welcome to another episode of your favorite Degrassi fans here at Nabos and Broomheads. We're into season two, and we are reviewing episode four, Dinner four. and a Show. We're <laughs> 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 with the clever freaking titles. Hey, us. hey guys, okay. here's what we're going to call the episode. Dinner and a Movie, because the episode is about a dinner and a movie. It's called Dinner and a Show. Same thing, though. What Whatever. It's not. I'm just brainstorming here, okay? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you know, my parents, my parents used to use the term "show" to describe movies, and I would always be confused. Like, I'd be like, "Are you going to a play?" Like, yeah. But my parents called them shows as well. Yeah. Going to that, the show. I, I'm I'm not sure if it's a, like a regional thing or what, but I never really heard it until I moved to Regina and hear people all the time. Say like, oh yeah, like I love that show, and I'm like, that's not a show; it's a fucking movie. They call them like, talk- talkies in Regina. They just got them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. In Regina, all they do is show movies from the library. <laughs> hey, the library has really good movies. Shut up. No, it does. It, it really does. Um, but in Regina, the only movie that they show. Is the the stupids on VHS? <laughs> okay, join us on our spinoff podcast, "Why We Hate Regina," starring me and James. You know what? I can't say anything because at the end of last uh, the last episode of season one, I said I wouldn't make fun of Regina anymore, so I should stop. Yeah, I, I, I don't like to go back on my word. We can't take you at your word anymore. No, Bertram um, does coke, <coughs> so. <laughs> As as you know by now, this episode, it aired January 25th, 1988. Yan Moore wrote it, but James's favorite, Johnny mm-hmm. B, Johnny Burtz, is the director, who apparently does a lot of coke. Um, we just speculate, John, by the way. Like, it's a joke. Yeah. We're not saying that John Bertram does lots of cocaine, just <laughs> making no, it clear. Coke is a joke. All you have to say is allegedly. allegedly. Yes, because then you can't get sued. <laughs> Please, but yeah, uh, allegedly. John Bertram, if you're if you're listening right now, let us know. Let us know what your drug of choice is. <laughs> he died. Uh, we we will. He died. Allegedly. <laughs> Holy fuck! That's all you have. <laughs> oh my it's god! Not bad. Okay. So, all right. 
let's get into <laughs> before we get into allegedly this episode uh let's introduce ourselves i am allegedly courtney and i am at courtney 1293 on instagram who the else is here what the one with mccain punch <laughs> uh james and Ar- <laughs> james and arlo introduce yourselves and i'll go last um my name is james i have uh, a uh a twitter called uh, loose underscore ropes underscore fm which is loose it's on umfm here in winnipeg um, there are no pictures of my butt on there, unfortunately. So, uh, that's yeah. a that's a bummer. Yeah, jeez. Oh, uh, and I'm Arlo. You can allegedly see my butt on Instagram at a r l o e s c o t t. I'm Alan, and on Twitter you can find me uh, slip with five eyes or slip. And I wanted to read an email that was sent to Narbos and Broomheads at gmail dot com. Uh, this is from Tim. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> he wrote us already. I do. I do do coke allegedly. Uh, Tim. Uh, Tim Fallhafer uh, writes. Hey guys, I'd just like to thank you for starting up this podcast. In times like this, any new nostalgic Degrassi anything is a worthwhile distraction. It was a great surprise when I stumbled upon this podcast, having listened to what I thought was everything original Degrassi online already. I was surprised when I had been missing uh, the beginning of your podcast. I mean, we just started in March, so it's 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 cool, Tim. Uh, it's been a great binge over the last two weeks, uh, which means, like, <laughs> I don't want to like poke fun at someone for listening to our show, but wow, like. There's like 15 episodes you listen to in two weeks and you're not sick of us. I'm very wow, impressed. we are fucking good. We are good. Uh, the reason your podcast works and it really does is beyond being friendly, you take a serious yet fun look at what Degrassi truly was, a small sliver of true Canadiana from a simpler time. You give the show its due, but understand that it's gritty, cheaply filmed, poorly, but maybe, maybe honestly acted and was meant to shine a light on real situations that don't always tie up in a perfect knot. I'm disappointed I've caught up on all the episodes, but anticipate each new one. You may regret that after this one. We'll see. <laughs> I would love to come on anytime and talk with you about yes. the show. I've watched, oh, rewatched, sure. subjected my wife to, made a fan out of my six-year-old daughter, gone on bus tours for, bought merchandise from, and truly love. Keep up the great work, uh, you four. Uh, and he is the health and physical education and biology teacher at Garth Webb secondary school which is a school in western oakville ontario it's a high school and it was opened in 2012 oh my god this guy is my new favorite person this is an amazing letter thank you so seriously much. again He's so well written uh tim fallhafer uh i hope that i said that name right and you students out there listen to mr fallhafer uh, going forward, because he knows what he's talking about when he's, he's teaching you man. health and physical education and biology, uh, a topic that I, 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 will automat- I will immediately say in high school, I wish that Mr. Fallhafer was my teacher for biology. <laughs> clearly, the fund- clearly the funding in uh, education funding in Ontario is just as bad as it is in Manitoba, because he's doing like four jobs. <laughs> in this school that has three floors, it's a... <laughs> Like a massive high school. Um, wow. Yeah. That's so, probably just that good. And yeah, that's true. Clearly he's a superior intelligence because... One subject cannot <laughs> sate my thirst for knowledge. <laughs> that's probably what he said. <laughs> exactly. Like, two t- I just quoted him. Like, Allegedly. Word. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Tim. That yeah, thank, yeah, nice. thank you Seriously. so much. That's amazing. I, I love... I love hearing back from listeners. Yeah, really, that's really great. I particularly <laughs> like that. Um, it sounds like this particular listener, like kind of like they got it. Like yes. they know that yeah. we're not just ragging on Degrassi. Like there, there's a deep seated love there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you really have to love Degrassi to call uh, a 13 year old actor, a piece of shit. So <laughs> it comes from a, a place of love, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And on that note, let's dive in. So, 
we start out with Yick and Arthur, of course. Yick is really nervous because he wants to ask out Melanie again. And if you recall in a previous episode, Yick and Melanie went on a figure skating date. Is this like <laughs> uh, is this a difference between the DVD and the YouTube version? Like, no, uh, we talked about this date. <laughs> No, no, no. Am I crazy? No, she's no. not talking about that. You missed the, the the opening of the show. We do not start with Yick okay. and Mel or Yick and Arthur. We start with Shane coming home, and he is hearing his dad on the phone talking to his brother about how they're all ashamed That's of him, true. and that he's going to get sent to private school. That's that yeah, would yeah. be the opening of the the show. Is he, is he talking to hot Carl? <laughs> yes. 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 Why did, yeah. Why did I skip that? That's weird. Because um, that sucks. <laughs> I guess so. I was just so eager to get to Yick and, and Melanie. Um, yes, no, we do start the show with uh, with Shane's minister dad just like razzing on him, talking to Carl. Yeah, super Carl. Well, and he calls his wife mother because, of course, he does. It's like fucking Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It did not hit me the first time I saw it. His parents are fucking old. <laughs> like, they're they old. really old. I feel like they're a little less old in this episode than they were last time we saw them. Like, they're just, like, they kind of have fixed his mom's wig a little bit, so it looks <laughs> a little more natural. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. If I yeah. pick a parent's death pool in this uh, series, I would have picked Shane's parent over wheels. <laughs> I mean, to, I be, to be fair, like, Shane's the youngest, right? And he's 14, uh, yeah. and then he has, like, I think three older brothers. So he's, like, yeah. way, way the youngest. His it's oldest 50, brother is yeah. 50. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, so, yeah, we, we get... <laughs> my favorite line from that is um, when his dad is, like, your mother is just just so upset. She She dare not go to her bridge club. <laughs> yeah. right? Because like, all the other women at the bridge club are just like, oh, your son fucks. Yeah. Just like five Kathleen's looking back at her. <laughs> yeah. Speaking How of your son, what? <laughs> Speaking of Kathleen, uh, Arthur, uh, when he's encouraging Yik to ask Melanie out again, uh, Kathleen is outside with uh, Melanie and she's talking again about how it's terrible that Shane and Spike are going to the school. And when Shane walks by, she's like, hi, daddy. Like right to his face. (laughs) Oh my God. So that's bad. That's a great joke though. Like if you're like, hi, daddy. (laughs) I feel like hi, daddy has different connotations nowadays. I think it probably did back then too. But coming from Kathleen, like, it has very sexual connotations. It's <laughs> something that's daddy. But like, okay, so I, I expect that completely from Kathleen. She's a mega bitch. We all know that. And Melanie calls her out and is like, oh, you know, obviously saying that's not nice. And then Kathleen responds like, well, getting Spike pregnant was very wasn't very nice either. And then without even like taking a breath, she sees Spike. And then just, and here's mommy. <laughs> right? So it's like, pick one side, Kathleen. Like, she's trying, she, you know, she's sounding like she's a little bit sympathetic. But then, like, within the next second, she's like, hey, mommy. Typical Kathleen. But the thing is with Kathleen, she never gets a reaction out of anyone. It's always to herself. She might get a, like, oh, hush you from Melanie. But, like, <laughs> nobody's as bitchy as her. Except her mom. Well, yeah, and she's too drunk to know what she's talking about anyways. I mean, Caitlin did call her a jerk. um, Yes. In an earlier episode, in a deleted scene that you didn't see if you watched (laughs) the YouTube version. So, yeah, we all know Kathleen's a bitch. Of course she's going to make fun of them. Um, So then, you know, we see Spike and her mom in their car. Spike hasn't eaten breakfast, which is... Her mom's really upset about that. And to me, I just found this funny. Like, Spike just blows off her mom's advice. Being like, Mom, I can take care of myself. <laughs> You're pregnant. Says the 14-year-old who is fucking pregnant. Uh, I'm sorry if your mom doesn't really believe that at this point. I really like Spike's mom in this episode. I love her mom. 
I think Alan does too, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> what is uh, what is Spike eating? Is it like a yogurt, like a Yoplait fun yogurt or something? I thought like, it was like just a granola bar. Oh, it, yeah. I, I, I was very... Uh, someone pointed out to me uh, who... I don't know if he listens to the show, but he... Uh, he likes to grass and he says at some point everyone is eating dips granola bars and uh, apparently someone's wearing a dip sweatshirt. So oh, that's okay. That. The, di- the dips granola bars, that comes later. That's the girl yeah. that who's in um, like Dwayne's gang. Oh, okay. Tabby? Tabby. Every single scene, she's holding a box of dips granola bars. Is she? <laughs> yeah. Is she the same what? girl that's always yep. eating peanut butter out of the jar? Look forward to it. Dips okay. So dips. dips and shield condoms. We got our sponsors. We got it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so so after uh, Spike gets out of the car, we we shift back to Melanie and Kathleen, um, and they're kind of coming around the corner. And this is where we kind of hear the first hints um, that something's going on with Kathleen at home. Uh, we hear her telling uh, Melanie that she can't come over because her mom's too busy. And Melanie kind of alludes to like, oh, we always do it at my place. Why can't we do it at your place? So kind of setting up in this episode, we see that, you know, something's going on with Kathleen. And I think this is maybe shadowing. Yeah. So we kind of see a little bit of a crack in in Kathleen's super bitchy armor (laughs) that like something else is going on. Um, So this scene leads to Yick kind of working up the nerve to ask out Melanie to the movies and Yick wants to go see Revenge of the Reptiles and um, Melanie has no time for that she suggests crying in the wind both these movies sound like fucking crap (laughs) 100% crap like such Um, (laughs) let's let's think of titles of two movies that can't like we want to show that Yick and Melanie like the most opposite movies ever Let's make sure to give them the titles that would indicate that. It's like, let's make up one and then plug that name into, like, the antonym, the thesaurus, and just come up with the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, So Melanie doesn't want to go see Revenge of the Reptiles. She suggests crying in the wind. Of course, he acts down with that because he will do whatever she says. Um, And then we see that it's really clear that Melanie doesn't see Yick as you know, boyfriend material. He's just a boy. It's really not fair. Like the last time Yik asked her out, she said like a date right away. And then now he asked her out in the exact same way. And she says, it's just Yik. It's not a date. Yeah. Maybe it's because he didn't ask her to screw, which is apparently, you know, the, the line (laughs) that we draw. Yeah. For going on a date. Yeah. The first date line that you use. So she's like, well, he didn't try to bang me. So I guess we're friends. Did you even buy condoms before you asked me out, Yick? <laughs> Come on. Um, so, yeah, she she tells uh, Kathleen, you know, she Yick's just a boy. She's ready for a man. And who is that man? <laughs> Jesus. Who is that man? Yeah. That would be one, one snake. Ooh, yeah, what a man. <laughs> He's a mighty, mighty good man. <laughs> Grade eight. 100% grade 8 hot beef snake. <laughs> Archie Simpson. Arch. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, we definitely learned Melanie is really into snake. Um, we knew that already. I mean, uh, yeah, clearly. So, in this scene. Hi, snake. Um, Hi, snake. This episode, <laughs> um, snake. Snake is wearing a, a jacket that has... TSC um, embroidered on the back in big letters. I did a little bit of digging. Nobody seems to know exactly what this stands for. My best guess after Googling was Toronto Swim Club. Um, Do any of you guys have any ideas? Um, The shopping channel. (laughs) The the shopping channel? The shopping channel. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin who works for TSC. We gotta get that jacket in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a John Bertram thing. Yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it must be the shopping club. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, the shopping channel. That must be it. <laughs> Why would I think it was the Toronto uh, Swim Club? I love it. so off. stupid now. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's this. Uh, that makes sense. I also, uh, there was also the Toronto Soccer Connection was another one yeah. that came up. He and I was like, well, he does, he loves yeah. soccer, but he loves it. Maybe, he loves uh, it. maybe Jason Cox sent him the, the jacket from, <laughs> from Juvie. <laughs> Here, take my jacket. I can't use it anymore. I'm in jail. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's, it's the shopping channel. All right. So after, um, Snake in his shopping channel jacket. Um, <laughs> we see Shane and Spike talking at her locker. Um, Shane is asking Spike to check with her mom and, because her his parents want them to all get together for dinner to talk. And Spike kind of brushes Shane off and says, yeah, yeah, I'll ask her, but she's going to say no, just like all the other times, which we find out later is not true because she's never actually approached her mom. She has a um, caricature of Billy Idol in her locker. Of course. Uh, pinned up. Like, not a poster. It's like when you go to the X and you get someone to draw a caricature of you, someone has drawn one of Billy Idol for some reason. Oh. And that's what she's put in her locker. Let us assume well, wasn't she like has, has purchased it at the Billy Idol concert that she recently <laughs> attended. After this... You know, we, we, we see Joey asking Wheels to play some video games. Wheels can't because he's tutoring, right? He he needs to get smart. He's not tutoring. And Who would he tutor? He's getting oh yeah, tutored. Sorry. He's being tutored. He's really serious about upping his grades, though. Like, he's really, he really wants to do well. And well, uh, it's not that he wants to do well. Like, you, we hear in previous episodes, Miss Avery's like, you're pretty close to failing the year. Yeah, so, like, he does. He doesn't want to stay back. Yeah. He yeah. wants to pass. Um, I wouldn't say... He's probably aiming for, like, probably some B-minuses, I would say. This is cool. <laughs> that's, that's just my sense. Um, so, Joey assumes that Snake's going to come with him to play video games. Snake blows him off. Snake blows him off, too. Uh, he blows him off because he wants to go ask Melanie out on a date. Melanie... <laughs> This is probably the most awkward scene of the episode. And it's actually really well done considering um, Melanie kind of kicks Kathleen out and Snake and Melanie finally make plans to go to a movie. Um, thinking back to Yik, who suggested the uh, Revenge of the Reptiles, Snake suggests the same movie. This time Melanie just is, is enthusiastically a yes to going to see that. Um, she realizes that it conf conflicts with her date with Yik, but she makes a decision to uh, screw Yik over, basically. I'll just never understand this in, like, this in movies and books and things like that. When somebody says, like, how about Friday? You say, I can't on Friday. How about Saturday instead? Yeah. Like, it's, like, this, like, this unreasonable expectation that if you can't make it on the day that that person is suggesting, that it means the date's off forever. No, fair point. But uh, she she makes a choice that she chooses Shane over over Yik. <laughs> and after she agrees, snake, 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 not Shane. Sorry, Snake. Why do we oh. both mix up? Please don't pick Shane. Oh yeah, <laughs> not a good choice. Um, after the uh, encounter is over, Snake collapses onto the the <laughs> drinking fountain, <laughs> like just like it took everything he had in him to ask her out, and he's just like done um so obviously that leaves melanie with a little bit of a problem she has to call yik and from the um, only payphone in the city as we have established there is only one payphone <laughs> in this city and she has to go and she needs kathleen with her obviously she has to call yik and lie to him about being uh unable to go on their date and she makes up a little about a little white lie but her parents not letting her go and she seems pretty, uh, she feels pretty bad about it, but. Kathleen, enough, Kathleen's obviously. the one giving her shit about it, though. I think when we talked about this before, it may not be because Kathleen actually feels empathy for Yik. It's just because she has to judge this as well. <laughs> exactly. I think it has nothing to do with her feeling anything for Yik. It's just, this is wrong. You're not supposed to do this. Because Kathleen's a psychopath and she doesn't have the ability to feel empathy. <laughs> 
We all know that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Just to and back up for just a second, um, right before we second. get into sorry, before we get into the uh, the scene where um, you know Snake wants to go ask Melanie out, um, we do see a little um, smidgen into Joey's head. Um, it does sort of center in on the doodles and the notes that he's taking in class. Yes, yes. And I was wondering if anybody else sort of noticed what he was doodling and writing down. Um, he has... It was the Zit Remedy stuff. Is it was a picture, picture of a rock band. Um, yeah. And it says Joey Jeremiah and the Zit Remedy Live. And then he has, uh, in another part of his little notes, he has Liz and Joey forever with a four, a number four. And then it also says Radich is a unintelligible word. And I think it says maybe boar. That's the only thing that I can say. I know he's a man and then a word that rhymes with boar. (laughs) (laughs) Which is accurate. Yeah, I'm not sure what the the last word is. It actually kind of looks like bocce, like bocce ball. But the only thing that that makes sense to me would be boar. Anyway, sorry. I should have said that before, but... No, I'm glad you pointed that. I did notice the doodling. I just never, uh, I didn't see it as closely as you did. To the listeners who've been screaming at their, uh, at their iPhones for the last 10 minutes, like, why aren't you talking about the doodles? You've, you've, (laughs) you've, you've delivered. So thank you. I aim to please. (laughs) It's all for our listeners. We do it all for them. (laughs) Uh, So next we see Spike heading to the salon. Uh, that her mom works at and uh, she kind of gets busted. Her mom says that uh, she talked to Shane's dad about getting together. Um, Spike doesn't want to go obviously, but her mom's pretty insistent. Um, And she's also really insistent that they don't go to Shane's house. Somehow I think that is an insult to her mom. Like they wanted us to go to their house. No way, no way we're going there. We're going to a restaurant and we'll pay our own way. Thank you very much. Um, she so also sure. she also automatically assumes that Shane has not been passing the messages along. She's like, "That's Shane." Oh yeah. Well, she also Spike. she she calls him the boy throughout yeah. this entire exchange. He does not have a name. He is just the boy. The boy. Well, she asked Spike. She's like, you know, he said Shane's dad said that you know he's asked us a number of times. Sent the message through the boy. <laughs> and Spike feigns ignorance that she doesn't know what he's talking about. And she's like, oh, it's probably him. Typical male. Right? Like, it's her very hair- dehumanizing. Like, I feel really sorry for Shane. <laughs> her mom like- is clearly, like, very jaded. Um, I don't know why she's so insistent on paying their own way at the restaurant. Like, does she think by accepting a meal at their house, she's somehow, like, giving... I don't know. I'm not sure what her reasoning is. Here. I mean, I guess you have, like she's like 50 years younger than these people. <laughs> 50? I hope you said 50 because that's I more said, accurate. I said 50. Yeah, yeah 50. Um, so I guess like I like I kind of get it. Like you don't want to be indebted to anybody who is going to be trying to make decisions. Well, we have a strange child. we have a strange you know power I mean? dynamic going on here as well, yeah. right? Like we've got the kind of the nuclear family on Shane's side with like the old reverend who's probably like, you know, respected in, in the community and and then we have the single mom working at the salon. And so I could see where she's like, we're not going to let these like, you know, these assholes push us around. Like we are yeah. people too. Well, we're not going to let she them. She doesn't want to owe them dinner. anything, you know. Or she doesn't want, I guess she doesn't want to feel that she owes them anything. But I, I, yeah, I get it, I guess. I just, it kind of like played out in my head, like Shane's dad being like, well, I think Spike should go to a home. And then they're like, no, she shouldn't. And they're like, well, we made you dinner, so you don't really have a say here. I guess you don't want to be on someone else's turf for that conversation, though. I guess. You got to be. You got to be ballsy to order uh, Bailey's on the rocks. Okay, that was my next point. Who the fuck orders a Bailey's on the rocks? For maybe it was bacon eighty seven. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was new. Maybe it was like the pink Whitney of the eighties. Yeah, my dad, my dad's like fusion timer. It's like twelve percent alcohol. Yeah. 
My dad's huge into amaretto. So, uh, oh, yeah? Did you steal oh, his yeah, amaretto and not look at the no. alcohol percentage? No, no, okay. my, uh, no, it was just my mom's booze. Oh, you just stole your mom's booze? That's nice. Yeah. Uh, she had no, food. no idea. None, none. Wow. <laughs> that, that's a whole other podcast. You only allegedly stole her booze, though. <laughs> yes, allegedly. <laughs> Drinking game, listeners. Anytime someone says allegedly, have a sip. Oh, pardon me. Sip. There you go. <laughs> so we kind of jumped ahead with uh, with the restaurant scene, but Shane has a talk with his parents that he, you know, he doesn't want to go to private school. He wants to stay here and help with the baby. And his dad is like, that baby is going out for adoption as soon as it's born. And then Shane, Like he's going to be there in the hospital just ripping it out of the doctor's hands yeah. and being like, you're not even going to see this baby. Give me this baby. Yeah. Wait, sir, we have to cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> no. This baby has to go up for adoption right away. Um, but so Shane's like, what if it doesn't? And then his dad just is, continues to be a dick. He's like, Shane, you've done enough damage already. So basically, yeah. like, you sh- shut your mouth. So before we get to the restaurant scene again, we are back at school. Uh, Melanie and Kathleen are talking about her big date with Snake. And Melanie's super excited <laughs> about it. And she is just wondering, like, who cares about the movie? What if Snake tries to kiss me? And I think, I have a hard time hearing, but I think she says he'll be mad if I don't let him. She's she's contemplating, like, if she does it, she's easy, and if she doesn't, then yeah. he'll be upset. Which, so, I'm thinking here, I had a conversation recently about this, but it's weird how this thought process is always, like, the female burden to carry. Yeah. On the date, like the guys never are like, what if I do? What if I don't? What will people think? Right. It's always on the woman that, you know, whatever the guy does, I have to like follow along and then everything is on me, which is must suck. I do find it kind of interesting too in this dynamic that like there's like, unlike all the other first dates that we've seen, you know, with this crowd, right. That like, there's no assumption that Melanie's just going to have sex with, snake that's true melanie that's the right. most sex like positive person of the whole bunch by the way yeah like and yeah. it's just like hey want to go to a movie and she's like yeah let's go to a movie and then like the expectation is that they're gonna go to a movie i don't really understand why the other dates have had this like huge expectation behind them when yeah it's pretty inconsistent when you think yeah. about it like, yeah melanie is pretty open about about sex she introduced yick and arthur to dr sally but <laughs> When it's her turn for a first date with Snake, it's just about what if he kisses me, not about like what if he whips his condom out <laughs> of his pocket in the movie theater and like, places it on my eighteen twelve eighteen twelve textbook. <laughs> Should I like help him put the condom on? Because if I do that, he might think I'm easy. But if I don't do it, he might be mad. Yick also wishes Melanie a good week, uh, a nice weekend, and there's guilt oh. all over the place. Yeah, so bad. Poor little yick. Um, but him and Arthur decide they're going to go see Revenge of the Reptiles, and Arthur has a yo-yo. <laughs> of course he does. Great. Of course your Arthur has a yo-yo. Come on. So cool. I wonder if he uses it in the bathroom stall. <laughs> he practices. You just, like, <laughs> see it going down. <laughs> yeah. he, needs, uh, he needs something to distract him from the leaks. <laughs> oh man okay so wheels and joey obviously are going to make fun of snake for going out with melanie melanie's a year younger than snake so they accuse him of cradle snatching yes um which is quite the accusation and i said here Um, who are these guys to lecture somebody on dating right And and I think Snake kind of feels that too, right? Because he's like, you guys are just jealous, which of course they are. Um, so naturally, being the dinks that they are, they make plans to also go see Revenge of the Reptiles and basically spoil Snake's date. 
Wheels, if I recall correctly, I'm just looking at the gallery for this episode uh, on the Degrassi-pedia page to confirm. Oh, no, he is. He does have his glasses. I thought for a second he didn't have his glasses, but he is wearing them. So, good for you, Wheels. Wait, we were told very specifically on the Degrassi wiki, the last episode, that he had no glasses. So <laughs> That's true. Maybe he had contacts. Like He most definitely knows? will have glasses from now on. What's Definite. happening? Someone's... <laughs> it's Revenge of the Reptiles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm really sorry. That was actually my beer can, and I was just turning it around to open it. And Sorry about that. Actually, I'm also sorry about this. (laughs) In case you didn't know, Courtney's drinking while doing this episode. And ash. It's because we've said allegedly so many times. I'm only allegedly drinking. So there's a kind of sweet scene between Spike and Shane. Well, it's a little bit sweet. They're they're talking about the baby. (laughs) But then, and Shane asked Spike if she would consider keeping it. And Spike is has no time for it. <laughs> and then Shane tells Spike that she shouldn't be drinking what I assume I think is Coke. Coca-Cola. Something. Something that's not good for her, I guess. And it's bad for the baby. And obviously then just Spike just rips into him, claiming that, you know, it's so easy to be the boy. It's so easy to be the guy in this situation. They, you don't need to res- be responsible, blah, 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 blah. Spike and her mom are getting ready for dinner. As they're about to leave, Spike admits that she knew about the, all the other times that they were invited to dinner. Uh, it's basically a non-scene. I found it very boring. They talk about it. They agree everything's fine. And then uh, Spike's mom is like, let's go knock him dead. Um, like they're just like they're going to a fight or something, <laughs> which I found odd. It's like they're being combative about this dinner where the whole goal of this dinner is supposed to be to like, you know, get these two families together, map out a path forward, whatever. But like they want to knock them dead. So anyway, I don't know. I kind of think it's cute. Like I, it's just, you know, Spike's sort of expressing that it's going to be humiliating and. You know, she may have talked to Shane about, you know, things that they've said and that, you know, she's scared and that kind of thing. And, like, it's, I I think it's kind of cute that her mom's just like, yeah, like, we're going to do this together. Like, don't worry, you're not alone. No, I agree with that. But just they're placing Shane and his family as, like, their opponents. Like, we're going to knock them dead. I'm curious if maybe they have been assholes a little bit and that that's been communicated to Spike. I don't know. Or, or it's like, just Spike's mom have a really, she's really staunch anti-church kind of stand on things. Could well, be. Well, I think she's, I think, I mean, I think she's obviously made it clear she's very, like, feminist. She, she's a single mom. She's yeah. obviously a heathen. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I felt like they didn't have enough of a relationship to be like, yeah, let's go knock them dead. Like, yeah, I, like she's expecting a fight or something when I, I'm not quite sure where that came from. I, it does I, seem I like she's that, pretty defensive right off yeah. the hop. That's true. I read it more as like she's trying to pep up Spike uh, and it's like, let's let's get this awkward situation and beat the shit out of it and get it over with. Kind of more in that tone rather than specifically okay. Shane. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, his I parents do suck. So it makes sense. Well, when we when we do get to the like the restaurant scene or whatever, it does seem that she's on the defense. But I mean, again, like she's sort of been through this already, right? Like she had Spike when she was really young, like, yeah. and so it might be natural for her to be kind of defensive about it. I Absolutely, don't know. I understand her perspective, and I think it's great in terms of um, Spike having such a you know a supportive mom and a mom that's willing to like go the distance to defend her. Um, she could have a more open mind, though. You're right. A little bit, a little, a little bit. But again, we we do find out that obviously Shane's parents aren't really worth having an open mind for. But <laughs> <laughs> but before we get there, we we're back to the movie theater. Um, Spike, or sorry, Shane, <laughs> Snake. I wrote. Sh- I wrote Shane too. Fuck. I know. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one who's done this. I know in past episodes we we've said Shane when we meant Snake and blah blah blah. But anyway. I'm glad that Shane finally 
eventually falls off that bridge and we don't have to make this mistake anymore. <laughs> it's not for any other reason. There's too it's many S for the best. Yeah. It really is. Snake and Melanie are at the movies. <laughs> They're coming in trying to decide where to sit. Melanie wants the back, which I presumably means because she wants to make out. Snake wants the front. And of course she agrees with him. They go to the front and then we as, see, as my husband said, possibly one of the best that's what she said moments. The back when of the front. Melanie says, Sometimes I like the back, yep. sometimes I like the front. <laughs> yeah. That's just me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> These are children, let's remember. I mean, they're not children, they're preteens. But anyways. <laughs> Sorry, makes it more acceptable. It will it will <laughs> still going to jail. Bad that you didn't think of it. Yeah. Um, so we see Wheels and Joey fucking sneaking in. They've got sunglasses on. Yeah, like what? Does that make them invisible? I know. I'm not sure. It clearly doesn't disguise them in any way. But they're sneaking up. They're obviously on this mission to like you know destroy Snake and Melanie's date. We also see Dorothy's there. Oh, I didn't see that. Nice. Yeah. There's a quick screenshot. There's a quick shot of Dorothy. She's there to watch it as well. Um, so they, they set up shop right behind uh, Snake and Melanie, and they bring these fucking dinosaurs That's or whatever. Awesome. I'm a big fan of the fucking, the dinosaur <laughs> popping up behind them. I thought that was pretty great. Before they, before they get behind them, though, we're kind of establishing right away that this is already setting up to kind of be like an awkward and shitty date. Yes. Like Snake's, yes. Snake is controlling the popcorn. Uh, and like at one point kind of as an afterthought, I was like, Oh yeah. Do you want some? And then they really have like nothing to say to each other as we're waiting yeah. for the movie. And then Joey and wheels sneak up behind them. Yeah. And I actually give like the, just the actors themselves props because they do awkward really well. Even when snake was asking Melanie out, like I could feel the awkwardness. Like I almost kind of cringed myself. Yeah. And, and then, again, on this date, they do it really well because it does seem super awkward. Um, so, yeah, Joey and Wheels provide the comic relief with their dinosaurs. They're, like, poking up over. And Snake and Melanie are obviously upset. So we are at the restaurant. Shane's crotchety old mom is complaining that they're there, saying that she could have made a perfectly good meal at home. They don't, don't see know, why like, what they need to be at a restaurant. What doesn't want to go to a restaurant? A crotchety old bridge playing mom. We can't play gin after dinner at the restaurant. But she's the one that has to like do all the labor and everything. Like I like I could understand maybe like the husband being like, "Oh, you could have made like just a nice a meal at home, honey, or whatever," because he didn't have to do the fucking work. Like, what kind of fucking woman who cooks all the meals isn't happy? for like one second to go to a fucking restaurant where she doesn't have to do the labor. An 80 year old woman, like I guess Shane's so. mom. Like Shane's mom. <laughs> yeah. It's a very road to Avonlea vibe here. So. <laughs> I just could have made a meal at home. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So now we see um, Spike and her mom. Spike's mom orders a Bailey's on ice, which again, super weird drink to order. And she makes a very specific point to ask that it be on a separate check. They also, she wants it to be... What? They also, when they show up, um, Shane's dad shakes Spike's mom's hand. Spike's That's mom, right. by the way, who's never named in uh, this episode. And then he's like, you must be Spike. <laughs> Spike's mom Ugh. makes it clear that her name is Christine. And I just thought, like, the, this reverend wouldn't have called her Spike. Like, as big of a dick as he <laughs> is, you know, he would have never been like, you must be Spike. Pro and not because necessarily because he's a polite guy, but because he would never have it with a child calling themselves Spike. No. Absolutely not. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I also noticed so um, they, they made use of how do you do? When they were introducing themselves. <laughs> yes. And they, I mean, to their credit, they make it sound very natural. But I'm feeling like, wow, is this a term that is really, like, is this term dead? Like a, the greeting, how do you do? How do you do? 
when you like when you meet someone and so, you say, "Oh, I, this is so and so." How do you do? Is that like in our culture? Is that still a thing? I've never said that to anybody ever. Me neither. We we've established that their greeting was awkward. Obviously, the boy did not <laughs> tell his father that Spike is not her real name. And Spike's mom has obviously taken offense to that. She's ordered her Bailey's, weird drink, insisted on her own check, uh, which I get, you know, you know, back to our conversation about wanting to make sure that she doesn't feel like she owes them anything. And then we get Shane's dad just starts right in on like the lecturing and like the, you could, he could be in a pulpit basically the way he's talking to everybody and kind of like directing the conversation in terms of um, what's going to happen with Spike, what he wants to see happen. That was my interpretation anyways. Yeah. He gets, he starts in here. Then we cut back to the movies. And when we come back to him, he's really fucking going to town. Then he gets, yeah. So we're back in the movies. Joey and Wheels are continuing to be dickheads. They've got their like little dinosaurs. They're making all the funny noises. And Melanie sees Yick enter the theater. Well, Wheels and... holds Wheels holds up the toy dinosaur and says, "Come on and give me a kiss." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I legitimately LOL'd when I saw that. I'm, I just I'm thought like uh, like teenage boys like. Fuck. That's why I laughed. I'm, I'm like, that was me. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> I'm all for uh, Joey and Wheels messing with Snake in this capacity. Because he, he was very smarmy towards both of them. Like, too big for his britches. Yes. Granted, he's a tall gentleman. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't know. I this is This is not that far of the realm of something my friends would have done to me and, and vice versa. It's the uh, I mean the movie they're at like a hot movie premiere right the, the Revenge of the Reptiles or whatever stupid crap it's called but like everyone's in the one, there in the for one it. theater in Toronto yeah um, also like we, we we've established that Melanie can hold her own like she's actually not that mortified uh, anymore she turns around and is like right back to them like ha ha guys like you know not sitting there with her head in her hands or anything she is back in their face the problem is. When she turns around to say this, she sees Arthur and Yick walk into the theater. Yeah. The one theater in Toronto, as Arlo, you established. <laughs> so, yes, uh, you know, Joey and Wheels are doing their thing. Melanie turns around to confront them, and she sees Yick and Arthur. And Arthur, then proceeds... Arthur carrying a fucking ton of snacks, by of the way. Of course. Hey. Yeah. Hello. He's got every snack group. He's got the salty, the sweet. And whatever licorice falls under. Like, I feel like it's yeah. a, li- a little bit cruel. Like, you know, did you have to load up the chubby kid with all the snacks? Like, sure I don't did. know. Sure did. <laughs> sure did. As a chubby <laughs> kid, absolutely. <laughs> That's why he's chubby. All right. Well, it's a realistic show, Arlo. He didn't get it by eating fucking realistic. celery. Arthur has, like, he ate five chocolate bars in the last season. So, like, <laughs> for me, this wasn't... That far out of the realm of possibility. Twenty yeah. super crunch delays. <laughs> yeah. So Melanie does the worst job at hiding ever, and she acts sort of surprised that Yik sees her. Yik takes off because she's obviously upset, and then Melanie feels really bad and slumps into her seat. Yeah, they come right into her row, and uh, yeah. like not just in their row, like right beside, right beside them. Yeah. Which actually makes sense, given that they're all in the same theater on the same night seeing the same show at the same time. The only um, screening of this movie in Toronto. In all theaters. In the entire Toronto area. Maybe the movie isn't that great. Like, maybe it's a piece of garbage and they just (laughs) think it's really good. Like, so it's only showing... It's like the Town 8 here at Winnipeg. It's like, it's showing in one theater the smallest theater and everyone's like, you gotta see revenge of the reptile. It's sick. And then it's a piece of shit. Like maybe. I don't <laughs> Well, after that, we're back at the restaurant. 
Uh, this is when Shane's dad really goes on his um, religious rant. He suggests that Spike go to a home, a maternity home, um, obviously until after the baby's born. So he provides, well, he offers, he's like, I know a lot of a good, a good home that she could go to. We've sent many teenagers away when they're pregnant. And as we mentioned in a previous episode, like I, I think a lot of us associate this with very like sort of 1950s type thinking, but it actually was still a thing in the eighties. That's it. Like I said, like I had experience with that and I don't, see it necessarily as a bad thing if the person who is pregnant agrees to it. Right. Um, I mean, you could just say you're going on vacation for a couple months and nobody would ever have to know you're pregnant. Well, and I think, but I think like Shane's parents make it pretty clear that like they, they want this to happen for their own embarrassment. Yeah. Not, not for, not for the good of. It has nothing to do with the benefit of, yeah, for the benefit of Spike. It's obviously because Shane's mom can't go back to her bridge club. <laughs> well, Shane, Shane calls her out on that. He says exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's great. He's so Shane's dad is giving this lecture and Shane eventually starts arguing back like, yeah, that they're embarrassed and he's fighting with them. And I like this because we go into the scene with the idea that Shane's family has got their shit together and it's Spike and her mom who are the mess. And we make it clear here that it's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really like. I really do like when Shane calls them out and they're like, you're only doing this because you're embarrassed. And calling out his parents like that was, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great move for him to do. Well, he started, Um, he started off pretty good. Then he kind of goes off the rails where he's like, I'll keep the baby. (laughs) Like, okay, you should have stopped while you were ahead, Shane. It'll be me and the baby. (laughs) Maybe he drops some some acid while we weren't looking. (laughs) Because then, yeah, so then suddenly he comes up with this idea that, like, what, will, what if I keep the baby? I'll make you proud, Dad. I'll make you proud. Which makes no sense at all. Um, me and the baby. We're going to run for president. Me and the baby. <laughs> gonna be- hey, Dad, I got to go to this concert. Can you watch the baby for me? We're Superman. We can fly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So we, we finished the awkward restaurant get together and we're back at school now. Melanie and Kathleen are, are talking about the date and Melanie admits it wasn't so great because we did, they didn't have a lot to talk about. And um, Melanie sees Yik approaching and she's like, hi, Yik. And Yik totally <laughs> ignores her. And Kathleen is confused. She's like, what's going on? And then Melanie is like, I hit myself. Okay. <laughs> Kathleen, I hit myself. Okay. And Kathleen is like, I hate you too. I, I hate, hate everyone. Everyone and I hate you. <laughs> She's like, finally, we agree on something, Melanie. So I, 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 I'm going to point something out that's the opposite of this. And uh, I'm just going to warn you all that, that there may be someone getting triggered when I say this. Uh, Shane is waiting for Spike. And the person who walks by him being the nicest person ever is Alexa. She's like, hi, hi, what? Shane. Just the, as nice as could be. Yeah, She's so nice. No. <laughs> There's an ulterior motive there. <laughs> you know what? Simon, you got to be nice to these people, right? They're going to have a kid. Their lives are ruined. Ours is going to be great. So, you know, on the way down, You'd be nice to someone because you never know what can happen. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. You like my clothes. Yep. <laughs> it's like holding a steak in front of a dog. <laughs> a big sexy Alexis glasses on it. Spike and Shane. Here's where they have the sweet chat, and they kind of just commiserate together about the dinner the night before. He's he was basically hiding behind a tree. Waiting to talk to her. Also, what is Shane staring at? Because he's not looking at Spike. I noticed that too. I was just like, was this some weird green screen shit or something? Like, I don't understand their eye. Past her or something. Like, it's weird. He's probably looking at Alexa. (laughs) She was so nice to me. She's the next one. 
<laughs> she going downtown. In 10 seconds, I've improved. <laughs> Uh, so in, oh my God. in the last episode, uh, I promised that we would learn in a, the most important lesson in Degrassi history here. Yeah. Uh, so yes. if I may, Spike then says, it's not as easy being the guy as people think. And I was like, yes, that is right. <laughs> you know, white, single, like 40 year old guys. It's not easy, everybody. It's not <laughs> easy being me. And I want you to all know that. You heard it here first. I'm so sorry that you felt victimized. Feel sorry for the guy, too, whole, everyone. This whole time, Alan. Fuck Spike and fuck Kathleen and fuck all the kids in that school. Shane has it the most rough. Maybe. Do, is there an organization people could donate to? <laughs> yes. For, for this cause? I will look it up right now. NRA is probably the, one the, of them. The, the Mike Pence Foundation. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe Canada Proud. Yeah. Or uh, the Rebel Media. I've got Ford. some. I've got some red ball caps for you if you believe that that's the case. I got one. Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Getting a little political on the that old Narbos scary. and Broomheads. I don't want to. I don't want to date the show, but like. Uh, this week has been shit that 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 we're um, recording on. So that's all I'm going to say. But this has probably been the shittiest week that I can remember in a long time. I will tell it's everybody. Basically, the world's on fire. It's it, it's it's, it's May 29th, 2020, when we're recording this. Everyone, just go look it up. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to find anything good about this day or week, except no. for our podcast. So. <laughs> Tell your friends. In the shithole that is the world, we are the one like golden nugget that you can <laughs> pick out of shining, it. The shining star. <laughs> we we are rising above everything else. Wow. <laughs> Although I will say in the words of Owen Hart, we are not a nugget. <laughs> I, I do I, will... I do appreciate you che- like checking sarcastically checking your your white male privilege, Alan. Thanks. I will also say, you know, Arthur may have been having wet dreams in the last episode, but we are all having wet dreams about ourselves and this podcast right now. (laughs) Before your eyes. (laughs) I I just want to congratulate you, Courtney, on uh, hosting your first two episodes. And it's, it is not easy because you're trying, you're trying to like, listen to everyone and everyone's funny and insightful and you have to like keep it going or if like myself who my ADD allows me to go on tangents of random shit you <laughs> kept it together so yes. I, I uh, well, thank you very much and thank you to Alan for editing out like probably 45 minutes of this episode. <laughs> this is going to be a 10 minute episode why is it why is it 10 minutes <laughs> you know what? It's nice to sit back. I'm I'm very uh, I'm very glad, and and we gotta have we gotta have less me. Uh, no, never. Uh, I I promised last not last episode, but the episodes before that I would tell a story about sex ed videos, um, and I didn't get to. So next save episode, it. yeah, oh, I'm gonna to save back. it. I'm going to save it when it's not relevant at all. So, like, when does Claude kill himself? There. (laughs) Uh, The next episode, by the way, uh, James, you'll be looking forward to this. Directed again by John Bertram. Bert! And written by Susan Nielsen. So we're going to have a good time. Hey, what is the episode? I'll, I'll I'll do the pitch that old Birch will do. A stage fright. Uh, it's the one where Kath, uh, Caitlin is uh, has the epilepsy. Okay, so here's a hot topic. <laughs> I can make this joke because my mom has epilepsy. Um, <laughs> my son has epilepsy too. Just okay. In case. Okay. Wow, so, we have some experts here. Yeah. yeah. So, so Birch is like, okay, Kit. Hear, 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 hear me out. Now, I know the last, last three episodes I had. Not up to snuff, but that's okay. So here, here's the deal. Or too much snuff. Or, or too much snuff, yes. Caitlin 
Caitlin, we're going to give her epilepsy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the rest writes itself. Yeah. Yeah, flashing stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what's the subplot on that? The subplot is that Michelle is shy. <laughs> So we're going to bring in Michelle um, and she's shy. So you have the juxtaposition of Caitlin with the epilepsy and Michelle being shy. Uh, Birch, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to. It, it's, it, it takes over. You get caught up in emotion. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming that's how these things are written. Uh, I, I think that's exactly how it happens. I, I will say this, though. Um, again, oh. as it seems to be the case for John Bertram episodes, we get, again, if you love Kathleen being a bitch, like, holy shit. <laughs> it is coming, everybody. Wow. I wonder if, I wonder if Birch is like, I love that I've, I call him Birch now. Um, <laughs> I wonder if he's like, he thinks Kathleen's like the nicest person. It's like, man. And we have Kathleen, Miss Congeniality. Everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah. I like how, like, this is supposed to be a fan appreciation show. We shit on Bert. Um, who are the people that wrote the Zit Remedy song? We shit on that father son duo that wrote that song. Um, like a, I, I called Spike a bad actress a couple times. <laughs> We do love this show, everybody. We promise. We do. I we love it. Like we are all super Degrassi fans, but we're a little aggressive and a little drunk most of the time. Okay. <laughs> my, my gym bag is a Narbos and Broomheads gym bag. So that, that I got from the screening of I went to the VIP um, part and they gave me a bag full of crap. <laughs> I love how, like, my gym bag. Yeah, my weight set is uh, Zit Remedy weight set, and my uh, my protein powder is... Uh... <laughs> is Dwayne certified. <laughs> Alan and I had a conversation, like, off-air about, like, how inappropriate this show would be if it was just him and I, but I think we're kind of getting there now, so we should probably shut her down. Um, all right, everybody, thanks for listening. Let's go around one more time for the people in the back. I'm Courtney. Instagram, Courtney1293. The one with Mickey McCain punch. I'm Alan. Yep. <laughs> Slip with five eyes. Slip. You you know where to find me. Hi, I'm James. You can find me at Slip with five eyes. Also <laughs> pronounced. <laughs> I do a wrestling podcast. It's called Loose Ropes. <laughs> wrestling at loose underscore robes underscore fm and why did we put underscores in there i just ugh. I, can i change it can i can you change your twitter tag yes or no yep i can yep okay i'm gonna do that uh, stay do that stay tuned everybody so glad you got shamed into changing <laughs> your tag Anyway, I'm Arlo, A-R-L-O-E-S-C-O-T-T, on Instagram. Uh, Two more more plugs. Uh, At Narbo's podcast is our Twitter handle for the show. And narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com. If you want to send us more notes so that we can pat ourselves on the back with your words, uh, we would really appreciate it. Or maybe some hate mail after these two episodes. No way. I should mention, if I put in uh, Narbos and Broomheads uh, iTunes and uh, find the podcast, and of course it fucking doesn't come up, uh, but we, <laughs> uh, people have, uh, actually, Ted and Barry Social Distancing Trivia comes up, uh, giving us a plug for the show. Yes. So that's pretty Thanks, nice. Ted and Barry. Uh, but Ted there, Barry the best. there have actually been some people that have given us some nice uh, five-star reviews on iTunes Aww. as well. Uh, the one of them was me, so. Uh, <laughs> one of them was also have, me. You have as well? well Thank you. I only gave us two stars. <laughs> I understand. That really helps the algorithm. Does it? I don't know. I'm just saying what they say on podcasts. Oh, yes, it does. Correct. <laughs> Pipe down, Bert. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do it. 
I'm gonna do entire show as Patrick, Kathleen's mom, and Birch. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't oh wait. my god! Amazing. Really Stay tuned. I might throw in some Kirby in there. Perfect. I feel like I need right. to step up my my impressions game here. Yeah, yeah. Courtney's got got a killer Melanie impression. Yeah, she's got what? several. Me and Alan have got to catch up here. The secret is to do an impression that is not accurate at all. And then it just. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you uh, next week. Well, I just said I'm going to get my up. I was meant to do my homework. I would stay up late and dream about Kylie. I would never get girls out of my house. Maybe I would. I would walk around the cafe, yes! Don't you get caught like you